It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me, my fellow CFPs and business partners, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. What are some ways you can improve your balance between building wealth and staying healthy? Sometimes it feels like you can't have one without sacrificing the other. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How can you find ways to manage this tension in your life? That's right. And the tension of listening to Wise Money and submitting a question, there's release for that too. If you have questions for us, we'd love to help. If you have any needs, we're here for you as well. Just reach out to us. Call or text. You like that dad joke? You like that? Uh, No. It it was well animated. Okay. I appreciate that. (laughs) Appreciate that. Call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. You can submit questions right there. And then most engagement comes on social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show. Submit questions that way. All right. So uh, I come up with the topics mostly. And this one I created for myself. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Josh commented on my tan earlier. If you want to check that out, go to the YouTube channel. But... Uh, I have gained some pounds. <laughs> I have like the the pandemic has not been good for Mike Bernard, and and I would say I've has gotten, it been good for anybody? Well, I don't know. I've I've gotten less healthy. And let's just say that that's the nice way of saying it. And there's a combination of things. I got some health stuff going on. It's it's harder to work out. Blah 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 blah. Okay, but it's interesting because. I, I could use maybe uh, uh, some sort of motivation, and maybe you could as well, some sort of restart to, hey, how do you get healthy? And because this is a show about financial planning, is it really important or how do you balance the two between um, a, a healthy lifestyle and building wealth? And, and are there times when that competes? Balance is the key, Josh. And I, I guess let's kick off the conversation with some some work that you've done on sort of overall balance in your life, something you call the life balance wheel. Yeah, which is really just kind of a modification of a lot of other people's work over time. And, um, you know, we we created a tool that I use in my own personal life. Sometimes we use it with clients as well. And it's really just sort of a a self-evaluation type of a tool. And every year at the start of the calendar year, and I'll sometimes do it around my birthday as well, I'll pull out this sheet, and it's if, if you can picture a wheel, a circle on a page with a whole bunch of concentric circles, um, and it's broken up into eight different segments that I think of as like different areas of, of my life. So if you think of things like your marriage and family life, the friendships that you have, uh, your professional life, like work or be- business life there, uh, your spiritual or faith uh, component of your life, personal development, and then giving and volunteerism, that's six of them. And then the last two are health and, and your financial life. And it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, again, on at least an annual basis, I try to pause and just sort of take inventory of how am I doing in each of these areas? Not necessarily am I getting the best results ever, but 
am I feeling satisfied with where I'm at in these areas? Mm. And so I'll just kind of literally color in the, the, the rings to show how far am I along where I want to be from a scale of 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. And um, this is something that Andrea and I have done for most of our marriage. Every once in a while, we'll just kind of ask each other, scale of 1 to 10, how are we doing in our marriage? And, um, you know, I, I don't think either of us have ever called it a 10. We've had nines, nine mm-hmm. and a halfs before. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's good to just pause sometimes and just be honest with yourself about, well, where are you? And, and often, um, you know, the area of finances and health, sometimes those are areas where we feel the consequences of being out of balance in other areas. So they, they really are often linked to each other. You've used this tool. We've used this tool uh, occasionally with clients, and it's tricky because um, it's really important that your financial life, I mean, financial planning uh, oftentimes is the practice of giving uh, yourself options to live the life that you're called to and, and freeing yourself up financially so that you have choice as your life kind of moves you in different directions and you're able to do certain things. Um, your health, <laughs> you've got to have those options in, in with your health as well. Sometimes we are limited in what we're able to do because of some health challenges. And so these are two of the most important areas of your life. Josh, we've used this tool in the past with clients You've used it personally, um, specifically with health and wealth. There are seasons, it seems like, they're competing with each other. I think, Evan, you've used the phrase in the past, uh, a lot of people sacrifice their health while they're building wealth, and mm-hmm. then they will use their wealth to try to regain their health. Yeah, that is, it's interesting. In 1997, I, I went to a coaching program, the Strategic Coach Program, and Dan Sullivan, who is, in my opinion, he's a genius, and he was uh, helping people think about, look, you don't, it's a coaching program for entrepreneurs, and he said, look, you don't want to get to your 50s having achieved a lot of the things that you wanted to achieve, but not have your health with you. And it's very interesting because he's kind of this, this guru and he talks about living to 150 and I think he might be 77 years old. Mm-hmm. And when you look at him, I'm not a betting man. I don't even really understand what an over-under is, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I think if Dan makes it to 80. Um, it, it, he's reached it, the it, shrinking <laughs> stage. At least it looks like to, to me, but so uh, just brilliant, brilliant. So, guy. so it is. So I, when I think about success and I, I talk to clients about this all day, every day. I I think success, especially when it comes to health and wealth, it is balance. And there, I do think there are times of imbalance where I'm more focused on one rather than the other. Um, you know, we have young kids that will come to work and they'll say, "Well, what? You know, how can I achieve work-life balance yeah. in this career?" And I try to encourage them, look, there's a, there's a time, um, and really the time is your lifetime. You want to achieve work-life balance over your lifetime, not in the first three years of your career. Or each day, right? Each day or each week, things get out of balance. Yeah. And that can happen with your health, right, as, Easily. as well. right? Easily. And, and so, um, but how over a longer period of time can you make sure that there is balance? I, I think when you're starting your career, I think it's easy to 
get out of a rhythm and and maybe focus more on building wealth or starting your career or, or whatever and and neglect your health. To me, though, I think the the most challenging time is the season Josh and I are in, and I mine a little bit younger, is when you're building your career and growing a family as well, when you've got young kids. That's probably the most difficult time to have balance between your wealth and, and health. And other areas of your life too, right? I mean, uh, Andrea and I have come through phases where, yeah, we're like pouring into our own kids, raising our own family. And so it's harder to get involved with uh, maybe a group of friends as often as you as you once could, or maybe uh, there have been stretches where it's harder for us to volunteer time at church or in the community or, or whatever because your your life gets smaller for a while, and then it's it's interesting because the kids make your life smaller, but then they also start causing your life to expand, right? <laughs> Their friends, families become your family's yeah. friends, and and so on, and um, you, you do start to get more involved because of your kids' activities quite often. If you're if you're thinking about that life balance wheel, that exercise Josh talked about, and uh, and you think, gosh, why would I want to go through that? That would just reveal all the areas in my life that I'm not not doing well in. No, that's the point. So that you can be, you can take intentional steps to sure those up as opposed to just, you know, either wasting time or, or missing time with that. That's something your CFP can help with. Why is it important? And then what are some ways to get your health and, and wealth back in balance? I've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Kevin made a comment uh, on the break where your health and your wealth, both of them are are ultimately fully uh, neglectable. You can you can ignore each of them on a given day or over long periods of time and and not face the consequences on any given day, even though they'll be building up. How do you get your health and wealth in balance? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, just search the Wise Money Show. Okay, yeah, Kevin, I think you're right. I mean, it, we, we said over the break, any I didn't get up and walk or run this morning. I didn't. And my, you know, my, my bad. This is part of why when I re-listen to this show or whatever, maybe I'll kick myself in the, in the behind. Um, but that in and of itself isn't really going to have any consequences. It's just the pattern of not exercising day over day over day. That will build up and compound into some serious consequences. And so interesting how that uh, law of the harvest, which which scripture talks about, is applied to finances as well. Saving $1. Can saving a dollar make you rich? No, no. And rich wouldn't even be the pursuit anyway, but financial freedom. Saving $1, would it help you get there? No. But saving dollars over time consistently you know, wash, wash, rinse, repeat. Yep, mm-hmm. that'll give mm-hmm. you financial freedom for sure. Most people, it's not easy to see that some of the direct connections between being unhealthy and how that can be detrimental to your wealth. Let's talk about some of those. Well, you know, the the, the connection between health and wealth, one of the, the places that comes to my mind is in the area of just stress. 
And, um, you know, Kevin, you and I have had some conversations in the past about the, the biology related to stress and mm-hmm. this, this stress hormone called cortisol and just some of the damaging effects that it has on your physical body over time to have this kind of washing over you. And it, it could be triggered by things in your financial life. You know, there are folks who struggle financially and being in crisis mode adds stress to your life. Could be work-related, could be family-related. Maybe you're dealing with a, a son or daughter that's that's creating, you know, well, havoc in the family. Let's let's talk about the the finances though really quick i mean the average person their greatest regret during the pandemic was not having an emergency fund Mm -hmm. the average family can't miss one paycheck without being in financial emergency what is it uh a a a surprising majority of folks don't have ten thousand saved up for retirement and all of those things right add to stress financially if you don't have the right foundation or if you're not doing the right things financially it can create stress which obviously obviously hampers dampers your health that's right i mean if you look at the debt load that most people are are carrying all of that has an impact and the biology of it all is you know it has a corrosive effect on your cardiovascular system it causes weight gain it it may drive you to be coping with that stress in unhealthy ways. So it becomes this snowball in the wrong direction. And uh, the, the issue then is, well, how do you kind of break that cycle? How, how do you delink these these two issues? And, um, you know, it's part of the reason why we get out of bed every morning and we try to help people remove finances as a stressor on their mar- marriage, on, on the family life, on their physical bodies. How do we help them make better choices that maybe can turn some of that cycle around? Clarity and confidence. Yeah. Clarity and confidence. And and so as Josh is talking about this, I'm thinking of some folks that I was working with this week because we we have the greatest job in the history of jobs ever. And sure. so we get to help people. And um, we've been working with some folks over time. And their, their hopes and aspirations and dreams – have not kept pace with the financial progress that they've made. So they've they've had these goals that they've been working towards over time, and they've just been kind of put their head in the sand and just worked their tails off. And that's the best way to do it because if you want success, and we talk about this all the time, what makes someone successful? Their habits. Mm-hmm. And what people find is that if they follow a, a basic pattern of the right habits, the success that they actually experience is so far beyond what they ever hoped was possible. So I'm talking to these folks yesterday, and we're talking about, okay, you can actually put more money into the house now because they're, you know, they have a yeah. kitchen that needs to be redone, and they need to do this upstairs. Well, you have the resources to do it. And and typically the meetings, they're on Zoom because uh, these f- folks live in California. And so it's usually just her on the Zoom meeting, but she got him because he doesn't believe it. And, uh-huh. and he needed to hear it from me. So we pulled up their financial plan. We showed him, look, this is the probability of success with what you're doing. And this means that Right now, you're in the unrequired sacrifice. You, you're you making more sacrifice than you need to. What would you change? And they're like, we wouldn't change anything. We're having a great time. We're happy, you know, happy as a clam. So it's very interesting. That is, that's the effect 
of little, little, little decisions over a long period of time. Yep. And that is the, this confusing thing about this health-wealth connection, because if you're sitting there on a Sunday afternoon and you decide, hey, I want to get everything right in my life, and I'm going to go for a walk right now, that's not going to take the extra 50 pounds off. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, Mike, if I save a dollar uh, this afternoon, that's not going to make me financially independent. But these, these small steps, it's, it's, it, it's so important to – because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll look at a problem, and our, our actual problem is attribution analysis. So I look at a problem, I say, well, this is a problem because of this. For instance, I look and I say, well, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got too much weight. It's because I haven't been exercising. Well, actually, what I've learned in, in, in my journey of putting on, you know, 60 extra pounds and then taking 50 of it off so far and, and I'm, I'm, I'm still on that journey is I always thought, hey, it's just exercise. Like I can, I can make up for my, my horrible eating with exercise. And what I've learned is it's about 95% eating and 5% exercise. Oh, so discouraging. Yeah. So it's, so <laughs> it is, it is because you, you want to think, well, hey, I can just hit the gym or I can hit the track and I can, I can work, you know, I can Tomorrow. burn that butter, right? Because that worked when you were 15 it, years old, right? It did work when I was 15 years. Well, no, I still wear husky jeans yeah. when I was 15, but <laughs> it, 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 but it, it, your mindset is, is such that it, you're, you, you fool yourself. That's right. And, and that's why everything that you just said, I agree with 1000%. And the thing that I would reiterate is that it's not about trying to go take some great big action right now. It's choose the healthy change that you can sustain for, for a long period into the future, right? Mm-hmm. So don't go for that long, long walk or that you know, 20-mile bike ride. How about you pick an activity that you could do again tomorrow? And again, mm-hmm. the day after that, and the accumulation of these small decisions is what makes all the difference. Yeah, I'm thinking of James Clear and his book Atomic Habits. Like that, that deals with that. So if you're listening and you're thinking, well, what would what would what would help me get unstuck from where I'm currently stuck? The the author's name is James Clear, and he talks about Atomic Habits, where you just and because part of this is is tricking our minds to do the right things yeah. and to get them started. It's part of this is the psychology around Dave Ramsey saying, pay the, your lowest balance credit card yep. first, mm-hmm. right? So that you can, yeah, this is achievable and you get some momentum and, and your, your thinking begins to change. You know what, guys, a great conversation, Kevin. I might argue with you about the uh, best job in the world. If any of you are offering professional pizza tester, I might take that one. <laughs> um, but we haven't hit some of the t- some of the more tangible connections where a, a poor health can influence your finances. we got to hit that, and then we're going to help you figure this out and get more balance. That more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are some tangible ways that being healthy can actually help you in your finances? And then how do you get that right? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, every episode is on podcast. Go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Search The Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it or follow us, whatever you need to do, depending on the platform, and rate the program. That helps us. We appreciate it. 
Okay, so there's a couple other more tangible ways that if your health gets a little unruly, it can create some consequences in your finances. I think the the very first one and the obvious one is within insurance. Now, insurance is not is not the uh, practice of how much can I get you to buy. It's what are the financial risks that you're carrying, and then what's the best way for you to manage those risks. And if you are healthy, then transferring those risks can be cheaper and easier. But to the extent that you've got some health issues, now some of these are of your own choice or these the compound choices over your lifetime. Others are not. They're hereditary or there's just, you know, it's, hey, man, sorry, that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes very expensive to transfer those risks or you're not able to at all. For me, I'm in my early 40s. And because of the joint issues that I've had, saying I won't be able to get long-term care insurance. I mean, we quoted it a couple years ago in our mid-30s and I was looking at it, I'm like, I don't know if this makes sense. Well, right now, before we're still waiting on a diagnosis, I'm saying I wouldn't be able to get it. And even if I could, it would be extremely uh, cost prohibitive. Let's just say that it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. The same thing with life insurance and other things that if if you aren't healthy, that begins to weigh in, no pun intended, on your ability to transfer that risk in an affordable way. Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, how, how often have we had the conversation with clients where we're helping them calculate what's the financial risk that your family is facing if you or your spouse passed away prematurely? You know, what, what kind of hit would that uh, cause? And uh, we, we discover, you know what, you probably need to transfer some of that risk to life insurance. And then it, then it becomes the practical question of, well, can you get the insurance and can it be affordable? And a lot of it is based on what is your current health condition at the time that you apply for the insurance. And, you know, I've, I've had clients who have said, you know what, I, I know I need to get life insurance and it is a priority, but I want to go lose these 15 pounds first. Yeah. And four or five years later, they're still trying to lose the 15 pounds and not getting the insurance in place. And, uh, uh, you know, thankfully, they're still in the game and uh, haven't passed away, leaving their family um, underfunded for their future. I, I got a quick story. And then Kevin, I think, has the, the greatest example of where your health can be really challenging to your, to your wealth or poor health can be. Um, I, this is a real story. C- a couple years ago, some folks that we've been serving, he had a 20-year term policy. And, um, and within that time, uh, had used chewing tobacco. And so, okay, I need to I need to replace this insurance because it wasn't term the, this twenty year term wasn't going to get him as far as it needed to go. So, I need to replace this insurance. Um, are you still using chewing tobacco? Yeah, I am, but I'm going to quit. Okay, well, we got to replace this insurance. Got to replace this insurance. Never ended up giving up the chewing tobacco, and finally just bit the bullet and replaced the insurance at like the 11th and a half hour. I mean, it was easily, and it, guys, I'm telling you, this is, it was at the end of the 20 year period. Correct. But it was a coin flip. Like this is so expensive with being tobacco rated. I probably shouldn't even do this. 
And I keep saying, you should, you should get this done, get this done, get this done. And thankfully he got it done. And I'm not kidding. Six months later was diagnosed with cancer and not like the cancer, like, Hey, we'll quickly, you know, remove that and zap you and you'll be good. No, like you're automatically disabled. The, the, wow. this is, this is typically terminal in just a, a year or two years. I'm not kidding. That's real life story. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not living a healthy lifestyle, you could easily flip that coin and say, nah, I, I can't afford this. I'm not going to do this. And then put yourself in a really, uh, you know, risky spot. Kevin, you talked about having poor health and what that could do with your retirement age. Yeah. The last year or years of your working life are, end up being the most important. And what we see for for retiring for retiring and making some progress towards that goal well for for that but if you if you think about that if i worked just an extra year if i went from 62 to 63 or from 65 to 66 what ends up happening is that's an that's one more year that i didn't withdraw from my investments it's one more year that goes on my social security earnings and social security looks at 35 years of earnings so if i i might be able to take a year back in 1971 where i had $1500 of earnings <laughs> and pop that off the system and put it uh, replace that with a higher year right. of of earnings and and change my average and so there there are a number of things and and that because when you think about when i retire I'm likely going to live for 20 or 30 years. A lot of times I have people think or they'll say, well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid 60s. No one in my family's ever made it to 70. So I'm not really worried about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Technology is going to keep you alive. So you're going to you're going to be alive. The question is, are you going to have any kind of quality of life and quality of life will be dependent on those two things, my health and my wealth. Because we see people in retirement that, that start in the go-go years, move to the slow-go, and then the no-go. And you say, well, what are the things that cause those transitions? And a lot of times, it's, e it's one of these two. Mm -hmm. It's either financially, I can't go-go anymore because I don't have the resources to do it. Or health-wise, hey, it's not interesting to to me anymore mm -hmm. to do that. I've had, you know, a, a number of things replaced and and uh, I don't want to carry my luggage anymore. So I'm thinking of one of our friends, Kevin, who has a national championship ring from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Who what what did he say? The number one thing you can do for the business, Kevin, that you said this a few years ago is is what? You remember? It, it, yeah, is go to the gym for an hour a day. Yeah. Hmm. As maintain as, your health. Mm -hmm. This as this gentleman was in his 60s, unbelievable person. And has a lot of ailments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football, uh, football will take it out of you. So you know, it's it's not just your own health and the lifestyle choices that you've made that can have an impact on when you need to retire. It could be a family member as well. And just yesterday, um, you know, I was meeting with a client who, a dear lady, who is trying to help her husband navigate. The, the rough waters of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's a disease that's really progressing for him. And it's it's sad. And there's always lots of tears when, when we meet. But um, she's making the choice. She's been working and kind of helping keep him um, cared for and everything along the way. But she's, she's at a point, and we were able to show her yesterday that she can afford to retire. And that's what's best for him. So at the end of this year, she's going to walk away from a paycheck. But she's okay financially. And it is one of those cases where she probably could have done it a year or two ago, but 
by having that extra year or two added to the end of her working career and by juggling all the things that she's been juggling, it has put her in a stronger financial position that just gives her some margin for error, mm-hmm. you know, or the unexpected to come up because n- no two paths are the same when someone has the Alzheimer's diagnosis, right? We we haven't hit many action items yet, and I would just give you a blanket one, and and, and that would be to maybe revisit that that life balance wheel that Josh talked about. And even if that seems overwhelming, just just spend a moment and where would you rate yourself right now on your satisfaction with achieving your goals financially and where you stand with your health? And if you're not rating it at, at high satisfaction, take one action step. Take Take one, take a flyer on one action step and be intentional about improving, making that improvement in your life. We got more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What step are you going to take today, right now, to improve your health and improve your wealth? That's where help. That's what we are helping you with right now. This is The Wise Money Show. With Corhorn Financial Group, thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, I can't talk, is Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Every episode of the Wise Money Shows on the YouTube channel, we are all wearing the same color shirt, the same shirt today. Go check it out. Go to the YouTube channel, search Wise Money Show, give us a thumbs down because that's hilarious. No, give us a thumbs up because that's hilarious. So subscribe to it there as well. We got all sorts of content every episode as well as next by step videos all throughout the week. Make sure you subscribe there on the YouTube channel. Guys, what are some action items from, you know, like take a flyer on improving your health, improving your wealth. What what would you encourage someone to do today? I would, it, the vision, the original vision for the show is we wanted to do a show about financial planning because at Corhorn Financial Group, we want to change the world. And we're, we're actively trying to do that. But we said, if we don't reach people through a, a different venue other than sitting across the table, one couple at a time or one individual at a time, we're not going to achieve our mission. So we said, well, what if we talked about people's financial lives and it aired on uh, the radio on Saturday morning at nine o'clock? People are sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, listening to the radio. And so if I was going to encourage you, challenge you to take one action right now, it'd be to grab a pen and a piece of paper and sit down and start writing. And I would, I would write down with my health on a scale of 1 to 10, how would I rate myself? If I rate myself a 7. My scale goes up higher than that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. My scale goes up to <laughs> two, two, and, two and change, if you will. So, um, But on a scale of 1 to 10, if I'm a 7, what would it take for me to become a 10? And then I would move to my wealth and say, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how satisfied am I? And and to me the other thing is what kind of what kind of financial stress do I feel? I would I would try to get in touch with these things. Most people don't. I think one of the one of the the highlights of my summer this summer is we had five amazing interns this summer and one of them was questioning you know his career path and what he wanted to do with his life and um, he's going to be a junior in college this year. And so we went to lunch and I just talked to him and I said, well, tell me about your goals. Do you have 
written goals. And it was funny because he didn't really understand what I said. And he said, oh, yeah. And I and I was I wasn't sure he was right. And I said, so where are they written? And he said, what do you mean? I said, you said you have written goals. And he's like, oh, I didn't understand. You didn't <laughs> so anyways, so he but here's the cool thing. He shared with my son, Caleb, his written goals. Awesome. That's a, cool. A week later. And, and you know, it's it's a it's a it's a crapshoot like, all right. I gave this guy the keys to the kingdom. If he'll do it, he his life will be changed forever. And uh, will he do it? It's kind of like a young intern one time. His very first day, we went to lunch, and he said, <laughs> "I'm going to get my Series Seven this summer." And I'm like, "Oh my word! I have heard that one before." And sure enough, Mike Bernard did it. He sure did. And he had business cards when he went back to school the, for his senior year. And the 66. Year. I got the 66 yeah, the day impressive. I drove back to Michigan State. Bad mamba jamba. Part of KFG folklore. Yeah. So, but that, that's that's my call to action. I, I'd say start with you. Start by assessing. Because once you assess your your level of happiness or or unhappiness in these areas, then you have a chance. Because the, 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 the certified financial planners are here waiting to serve you when you're ready to do something about it, but you gotta be coachable and goal-oriented first. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that's event-driven, like something has to happen to prompt them Mm -hmm. to do something different. And until you do something different, you're gonna keep getting the same results you've been getting. You might be happy with those results. If you are, keep getting those. You know, even that is a problem, though. Like, you wait for some event to be the catalyst that causes you to, to have change. It could be a crisis occurs or some sort of wake-up call. I'm always waiting for some, like, calendar point, like my birthday or the start of a new year. Well, that that's when I'm going to join the gym, and that's when I'm going to get started. It's it's that date out there in the future. But it, it needs to be today. Until, mm-hmm. until you get to the point where you say, no, now is the time that I'm going to make that change, it's always in the future and it's never going to arrive. Or, or you're letting some sort of outside circumstances force your hand in, in some way. And so guilty as charged, that's, that's kind of my MO, but I recently had a birthday and it's one of my introspection days, as I've shared. And uh, I, I decided, you know what, I, I need to make some changes uh, from a diet standpoint. I want it to be small enough that I'd be able to sustain. So I decided, all right, I, I'm going to cut out all pop soda. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to drink any anymore. And Andrea asked me, well, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, not, not discouraging me, but just like, well, what's the motivation? And I told her it's, it's an investment in our 75 year goal. Mm-hmm. And she and I, we set a goal. We want to be married for 75 years at least. And it's doable to if each we, other? yes, to each other. <laughs> okay. Thanks Just for checking. clarifying that point. Uh, I, at least I think. Maybe I need to confirm uh, that one. Yes, boy. No, you know, we have to live long enough for that to be doable, but mm-hmm. we got married young enough that it's possible, but only if we're healthy and we want it to be a good 75 years too. But, yeah. you know, t- taking this big goal and turning it into something small and tangible, you mm-hmm. can do that with decisions like, I'm going to stop drinking pop. But the other way that you make it tangible is by building it into your budget. And your financial decisions on a day-to-day basis and how you steer the use of money in your financial life is either going to support these goals and improved health, or it's not. And if, if for you, stress is the issue right now, and it is for a lot of people coming through this pandemic, 
People who maybe never dealt with a whole lot of stress before suddenly are disconnected in a lot of their relationships. Maybe they've started some new habits that are not healthy. How do you build that into a budget so that you're actually directing financial resources in a way that helps you improve your health, improve your stress, that, that sort of thing? It could be budgeting time for a vacation or money for a vacation. Um, it, it could be joining a gym or making some sort of purchase that helps support these goals that you're, you're setting. And, and in other ways, it may be just changes that you need to make subtly in your own schedule and making more time for rest. Yep. So wh- whatever it is, I, I, in my opinion, it's the how do you find the tangible things that you can change, again, like we said earlier in the show, that are sustainable, that you can keep on going with long term. Uh, Josh, you took my action item, but some of you need to hear what what I'm about to share. Uh, so uh, the, the tangible action item would be update your budget so that you can make room for these things. And if you wanted even more specific, increase your retirement savings 1% right now. And then increase, if you've got debt or consumer debt that you're working on, increase your payment to that right now and build it into your budget. Now, some of you need to hear this. I'm thinking of Josh, what he was sharing. And I, so my daughter, my, our, our, we've got three kids. Our oldest is a, is a girl. Carrington is her name. She just started sixth grade and she's just this um, sweet and innocent and fun loving person. And so it was brought up, Hey, you know, this is maybe a month ago. Hey, so Carrington, do you want to do cross country? It looks like they have that at middle school. And she's like, yeah, sure. And Cindy's like, <laughs> Cindy's like, uh, that's usually not a, you know, not a, yeah, sure. Sort of thing. That's a big commitment. Do you know what that is? She's like, yeah, it's running. Right. And you know, Carrington's never run, never done anything like that. And, um, and she's like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll do it. Okay. So this girl starts running these practices. They're like, you know, they run two miles and it's like start and stop those sorts of things. Well, on the first Friday of these practices, they're supposed to pair up and run laps together. Well, the girl that she got paired up with didn't want to run. She was like afraid. And so Carrington ran her laps. Carrington ran 17 laps. Carrington ran with no training, with no warning, with no excuses, ran five and a half miles. Holy cow. <laughs> I would die <laughs> without exaggeration. So let me, so here's, here's you, some of you need to hear this right now. If someone just said, go run, go run five and a half miles with no training, with no, like, hey, did you eat the right things? Like, to me, I would stop and say, wait, I don't have my compression socks on. <laughs> I don't know if I've got the right foot gear. She just, like, there was no question. It was, she ran her lap. She looked at the girl. The girl wasn't going. So she's like, okay, and ran another lap. The girl wasn't going, ran another lap. And then the girl ran one. And then she stopped. And then, and like, without, she, she, so she didn't stop to think about the reasons why she couldn't. She didn't stop to think about the excuses. She just did it. Was it hard? Absolutely. Is she stronger for it? Yes. Because the next two-mile run, the coach said, hey, try to improve on your last two-mile run. She went from 19 minutes down to 17 minutes for a two-mile run, right? And she's not ultra competitive. You might hear and say, oh, geez, Mike, you sound like you've got your act together. I bet Carrington's just like that, too. No, she's free spirit. She's sweet girl. Just, you know, not like driven, so driven, Hard nose, you know, no, that's just, so what's holding you back? What's stopping you? Let that stuff go. Let it go. Take some action steps to improve your financial life, improve your health as well. 
Okay. Do we got time for a question, guys? Let's get Let's in real it. quick. Yep, so, yep. so Jim, James from Elkhart, 56. I'm the power of attorney, closest relatives, 83 years old, and she's in a nursing home right now. We're spending 11000 a month on her care, wow. and we're expected to be out of money in a little over a year. Her biggest fear about losing the private pay room is having to share a room. Is there anything we can do now to help her keep in her current room after she goes on Medicaid? I don't know of a way that you can keep a semi-private or a private room necessarily when you go on Medicaid. What what uh, James is describing here is um, basically they're doing what we refer to as a Medicaid spend down, and his aunt is having to spend through all of her assets and basically has to get down to almost nothing. It's a couple thousand dollars. You can have a car, that, that sort of thing and not much of anything else. And at that point, you're considered to be in need of welfare. And that's what Medicaid is. It's, it's a program to help make sure that if you have nothing, you can still receive the care that you need. But it's not going to be you know, a luxurious setup that you necessarily get. Medicaid, one of the shocking things about this is it pays for a semi-private room, which by semi-private, it's not private, guys. That's what they shared. mean by that, right? And so I don't believe if, if you are a widow or widower, you're single, I don't believe you can keep a car or a house. I think it's just two grand. Um, so here's the deal, James. The only advice that I would give is talk to the nursing home facility. Sometimes they've got programs where they can help uh, give you some sort of exceptions or help. Would you add anything quickly, Kevin? No, I I think in terms of if if she's an um, um, Indiana resident or Michigan resident, the the rules are different as far as what they can keep and what they can't keep. But the, the it doesn't seem like there is a lot that you can do here, James, other than I would talk to the nursing home. I'd also talk to an elder care attorney. That's all right. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.